Welcome back to The Witching. This is Julia, your co-host, and I'm here with Shay. And today she's going to be talking about Star Trek and some teleportation via mushrooms is how I understand it. (laughs) Spore drive. And yes, spore drive from Star Trek. Uh, Yeah, so this week we wanted to do something from pop culture. So we chose um, Star Trek. Because Star Trek is fun mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's cool personally, but a bunch of my followers have reached out to me like every time I post a Star Trek meme or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, <clears throat> oh, you watch that? I thought you were a Star Wars person. And I'm like, absolutely not. I love <laughs> I love Star Trek. <laughs> um, for those of you who are listening, Julia is a Star Wars person, I think. She I am. Star- I am a Star Wars person. I have. I've never, I don't think I've ever watched a full episode of Star Trek. And that hurts my soul deeply, <laughs> but no, it's you know okay. What? I have seen, like, I have seen it, like, you know, little snippets of it. Like I've never seen an entire episode. Like I've seen it like on TV or something, but um, yeah, I've never watched really like any consecutive episodes or even a full episode. I know what it's about. Like, I like yeah. the concept. I don't know why I haven't watched it. I just haven't. I don't know. It's it, the only way I describe it to people who are like, oh, no, I, I could never watch that because I love Star Wars too much. Like, they're so different. Like, you, you yeah, can like, I'm not saying just you, but like people in general that they're like, oh, no, I'm a hardcore Star Wars person. I cannot watch Star Trek. I'm like, no, 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 you can because they're very different. And the I like it because Star Wars is kind of like more fantastical, which I like mm-hmm. and super fiction. Star Trek uses a lot of the same quantum mechanics that actual scientists are studying today. Mm -hmm. So it's very possible that some of the technology that Star Trek uses in their, in the show is like part of our reality, like legitimately. Um, And that's kind of what we're going to get into today. I actually lied a little bit. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I realized while you're talking that I actually, I've seen the Star Trek movies. Does that count? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. I forgot that I watched those because they weren't that great. But (laughs) you, (laughs) yes. I'm assuming that the episodes are better. Uh, Yes, because it gives you like a healthy dose of drama but also like combat and stuff, you know, like yeah. action based things. And, you know, I think that's why it's digestible to a lot of people because it just has everything. Yeah. Um, but so does Star Wars, you know? Yeah. But to each their own. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So today I wanted to specifically talk about um, this new Star Trek or part of the Star Trek franchise. It's called Star Trek Discovery mm-hmm. and it takes place um, during the time of the original series okay so after making julia uh, watch the video uh i think she has a firm understanding on what this is right yeah i think so for the most part she's totally lying to me no no no, (laughs) i i got it i got it um so the so in discovery they discover this new technology where they figure out that the entire universe is 
this giant web. It's called the mycelial um, network. Mm-hmm. And it's this giant microscopic web, same as, uh, you know, here on earth where they, you have fungi, fungi, however you want to pronounce it, um, fungi, fungal webs underneath the earth. Mm-hmm. And it's spread out throughout the entire universe. So it's not just one galaxy. It's literally everywhere, everything, and it touches everything. So they discovered that they can teleport their ship way faster than warp drive um, to different locations using this mycelial web. Um, so essentially the fungal spores are the building blocks of energy within the entire universe. Um, so that's that was inspired by real life events here on Earth, but I'll I'll, I'll get into that later. Which mm-hmm. is kind of it, it's kind of like crazy to think about how um, it, over over time, it, specifically speaking about Star Trek, different points in scientific history have inspired um, these fictional, you know. Uh, technology or abilities which is yeah cool. mm-hmm. the ship can travel through these vast distances or teleport through them what uh what's called quantum entanglement and it's so the best way i could describe this because when they're talking about it in the show i'm like oh yeah i totally get this shit like i i understand everything that they're saying it's Absolutely very easy not. to visualize yes i yes. have to say that's that's kind of what helps me but then mm-hmm. you know for this episode I was like no 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 I have to do more research on the exact terms that they're using yeah. I got so lost I was like <laughs> I do not know I do not know basic uh physics you know terminal terminology right. I, I'm just like so stupid with that <laughs> so the best way that I can explain uh quantum entanglement also, disclaimer, I'm not a scientist. Please don't take me seriously. Um, <laughs> is mean, means two particles. So like my finger is here and here mm-hmm. to, to help you visualize. Um, they collide and share information, but they always stay mirrored. So they don't switch direction in their rotation. They just stay mirrored. Mm-hmm. If they exchange information, you can pass along through that thread. So that's essentially what they're using. They're doing with the ship. Okay? Yeah. They're, they're looking at the particles on different distances or different locations. And then they're just mirroring themselves, like flip-flopping themselves into that location. Um, yeah. I think in the video too, he said like, made, what made me understand it was like, um, the web itself is has a predictable quality to it so that's how they're able to go from point a to point b because they know how like basically how the web is mapped out yes because of the spores um and the particles have that predictable quality to them yes the the mirroring capability Mm -hmm. that they have is what's predictable so like if you have this shape over here you you will have this shape over there right yeah um so in the show, they discover all that and they're like, oh, cool, we can travel. And it's between this chief scientist on the discovery ship called Paul Stamets, mm-hmm. who like discovers it. But then there's another scientist on another ship who also is playing around with spore drive. Mm-hmm. They 
are like, oh, we're faster than you. We're going to travel faster than you. I'll show you. They end up getting, uh, so when they teleport, you have to like rematerialize mm-hmm. kind of like their transporter beams, you know, in Star Trek, how they like dissolve up in the air and then they go back on the ship. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of like that, but they end up materializing like wrong. Like their bodies are all messed up and they're all like, oh. together. it's super gross looking. Um, their ship is like broken and stuff. So Paul Stamets, the other chief scientist on the discovery ship, they go to see them at the mm-hmm. location and they see all, you know, like the dead bodies and stuff. And it's really gross. And they're like, oh, something happened. Something didn't work right. So then they realize that you can't just press a button and teleport uh, correctly to the right location. Mm-hmm. Since it's a mycelial web, since it's actual fungus in the show mm-hmm. that's alive, you need a organic material to uh, be the catalyst to that thread of information distribution. So they realize mm-hmm. that they actually need like a human or an animal, something that can basically talk biologically on a molecular level to this um, mycelial web. So Paul Stamets, the chief scientist is like, oh, I'll genetically modify my arms and I'll connect to the web myself. Yes, almost like cable connections so that he can use his own body to communicate through the web so that the ship can travel. Um, But so do you know anything about like psychedelic mushrooms and why they're used? Yeah. So a lot of the time people use them for uh, to get over some trauma or to just like work on their trauma um, or their egos. Yeah, uh, so they like can depression too. To, yeah, for that, so they can connect to their higher selves. So mm-hmm. it's actually funny that they kind of imply this in the TV show. So he'll connect to these mushroom cables, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get high or anything. But when he's done connecting to the cables, he ends up being really nice, less stressed oh. out. <laughs> like he'll he'll go around the ship and talk to people and be like, you know what, I love you. Like yeah. <laughs> just, just, and he's usually a very high stress, you know, scientist. He's running all over the ship trying to like fix stuff. Yeah. But when he disconnects to the cables, he's like a completely different person. He almost has an ego death every yeah. time he connects to, to these cables. So I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, overall, the takeaway from the show is they discover this mycelial web uh, that connects every living thing in the universe and connects the whole universe as a whole. And it's like you said, it's like a map. To, to everywhere that they can go mm-hmm. um, that requires a biological navigator. So I was watching the show and then it stimulated my mind and was like, and I remember uh, the show on Netflix, Fantastic, Fantastic Fungi. Fungi. I yes. love that. I love so that. So you've watched that. Yeah. So, okay, great. So I was, I rewatched it mm-hmm. because of this, uh, these episodes on Star Trek Discovery and they were talking about the mycelial web that's <gasps> beneath us. Yes, and I, I remember like, that. That's why this was so easy for me to grasp because I know there's a mycelial web oh, under the ground. Oh, amazing. So, yeah. okay, that, that's good. Yeah. Um, and isn't it so interesting that like yeah. literally anywhere you walk, you're, you're going to encounter uh, fungi. Every know? time I see a mushroom now, that's all I think about. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. So I did more research and I completely blown away. So I'll share it with you and the okay. people listening. Um, you have Star Trek fiction, right? Mm-hmm. No, not fiction. Well, like 50% fiction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there is an actual real mycelial network, as you know, here mm-hmm. on earth that connects everything. Uh, and I guess everyone, if you think yeah. about it, every living thing um, doesn't necessarily have to be a plant. And I was reading up on different, you know, species of mushroom, how big they can grow, how big the actual web is. Mm-hmm. And it is in sections. So it's just for, you know, its specific ecosystem, I guess you could say. Okay. They call it um, a mycelial, mycelial mat. Okay. So you have these mats in different places. You're not going to have them all interconnect. They don't think, but I'm pretty sure they do. Um, I think they do. Oh, 100%. A little bit. There's, yeah, there's no way uh, yeah. that they don't. So the largest mycelial mat is the size of 665 football fields. Whoa. And yeah, it's super huge. And it's located in the Pacific Northwest uh, in America. Yeah. So that makes sense. And it's made of these honey mushrooms. Sounds super cute, right? Mm-hmm. So I was reading more. And these honey mushrooms are responsible for making meadows. So then I was thinking even more. Animal crossing. You can (laughs) just, I'll connect in a second. You can terraform on animal crossing, right? Yeah. Okay. So these mushrooms or this mycelial mat of the honey mushroom terraforms the earth and makes meadows when they think i'm saying the mushrooms they're not really sentient but who they, knows at when this they, point when they sense <laughs> yes when they yeah. sense that there's not enough nitrogen in their area so mm-hmm. what happens is this is not a fast time span this is like over a millennia i think okay um so their prime directive <laughs> like star trek <laughs> is to they climax trees which means that they don't necessarily Uh, increase their growth rate but they make the tree think that it's at their end of life so they attach to these trees these honey mushrooms and they essentially climax then they kill the trees and when you have dead wood that wood turns to 30 percent water Mm -hmm. so now you have this rich soil that's in contact with 30 percent of water so that's a lot of water then you have these grass this grass that forms they end up making meadows instead of forests. And Mm. it's to attract elk, deer, other woodland animals that produce nitrogen for that specific area. So wow, it's so smart. Cycle of life. I know. So this whole process of terraforming created by these honey mushrooms. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it blew my mind when I, when I read about that. Um, and then I also read that soil biologists, so people that study soil, mm-hmm. <laughs> they play around in the dirt all day. Sounds amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, they said that with, if you go to an area with rich soil and you pick up one gram of soil, you're going to find 5 million microbes in that one gram of soil. Wow. So literally anywhere you step mushroom right there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that could grow, you know, given the, the right uh, temperature and climate. 
Yeah. Um, as I was reading the terraforming of these honey mushrooms and everything like that over the course of a millennia, Paul Stamets, the name came up and my brain was like, oh, Star Trek guy, chief yeah. scientist. No, it's no? a real man. He's who studied, real? Yeah. <laughs> who studied taxonomy and did, or he has a doctorate in taxonomy. And uh, I believe it's like where you've, uh, dis- I think it has to do with species discovery and like genus and phylums and crap like that. You know, how you yeah. can like go down that line of uh, labels for animals and plants and things like that. Yeah. So taxonomy, the branch of science concerned with classification, especially of organisms. There you go. Yeah. You said it much better than I did. I just wanted to look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that seems like hard in itself, like being responsible or helping the people who are responsible for naming or classifying certain species. You really have to know a lot about everything. Literally. That's crazy. You have to be able to compare everything. Yeah. So I, th- I thought that was really interesting. He, so he has a doctor in that he does, um, or he did a lot of post doctorate work or study on microbiology. And then um, what does it say here? Electro my, my Scott, microscopy, okay. electron microscopy. Okay. okay. He was saying that these, this Paul guy, who is not from Star Trek, is a real person, yep. said that uh, he was contacted by Star Trek. Really? Before, yeah, the writers of Star Trek contacted him because they noticed that he was a big proponent proponent for like m- medicinal use of psychedelic mushrooms and just like mushrooms in general, like um, turkey tail mushroom. Yeah. He was uh, his mother, I think it was his mother like you saw from the fantastic one guy yeah that was his mother i don't know if it was his mother i'm Uh, pretty sure it was this woman essentially for those of you listening had like stage four breast cancer and she started taking six capsules of turkey tail mushroom a day three in the morning three at night for the course of i think it was a a month no not not a month it was like probably two years or something like this and she is in total remission now from yep. her cancer. Just from that. Just from taking turkey tail capsules. So um, he also stated that lion's mane mushrooms help with dementia and Alzheimer's. And he made a great point that I don't think people actually realize that every human, no matter if Alzheimer's or dementia run through your family in general, mm-hmm. every every human will go through neuropathy, which means that we as we get older we are going to forget yeah like everything and it and well we already go through that i mean yeah yeah i don't think it matters how old you are you're always forgetting things right so (laughs) your your neurons in your brain lose connections Mm -hmm. but with certain mushrooms like lion's mane it actually maintains your cognition or betters your cognition over time. So now you, there, uh, you, there's a website, I forget the name of it, maybe I'll link it in the description, um, where you can research these on your own, and they actually sell capsules of turkey tail mushroom and lion's mane mushroom. So yeah, my friend start- actually told me that she started to take lion's mane supplements, and her memory has been getting a lot better. And I was like, oh. wow, that's awesome. 
Oh my gosh. See, I need to do this because personally yeah. dementia and Alzheimer's run through my family. That's like my worst fear. Absolute yeah. worst fear is know, just not knowing who's in front of me. Too. Okay. Experiment. Me and Julia will take lines, <laughs> main supplements over the course of a year and we yeah. will see how our memory uh, betters or doesn't. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm down. <laughs> so yeah so overall I thought that was so interesting that they actually contacted this guy and they were so grateful that he gave them his idea to use uh, yeah you know for the writers of Star Trek that they named the chief scientist after him that's so, so cool yeah I love that it's all I know connected. me too yeah um <laughs> it's just funny like uh, that some people think that oh Star Trek is so fictional no it's not sir <laughs> no, it's not. It's real life. This it's is a, real actually life. a reality TV show. Yeah. That, no. <laughs> this is a documentary. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So then, uh, you know, all this information, I got really excited mm-hmm. and got really hyper about the whole mushroom idea and how they're all around. So I yeah. started reading more mm-hmm. and there is an actual economy. There is a mushroom economy. That mm-hmm. is happening right now below our feet. And I'll explain it. It says that, uh, so they have these tendrils. They're called, let me see. I don't want to say it wrong because if I say it wrong, it's going to sound really stupid. Um, <laughs> it's called uh, hype. Yes. Hype or hype or hyphae. I think it's called hyphae. <laughs> Okay. And that's how you pronounce it. And they're basically structures or tendril structures. Oh, hyphae. That's what they're called. Hyphae, hyphae? not hyphae. Yeah, hyphae. hyphae. And they are produced by mushrooms when they're in the soil or they're growing on something and they look like little threads, but they can mm-hmm. be very, very small sometimes. Like sometimes you can't really see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are, allow the mushroom to connect to the roots of plants and when they connect, so the reason why they're connecting in the first place is because mushrooms, when they decompose things, they have these essential nutrients that we need and plants need. So like carbon, phosphorus, things like that. Yeah. So they harbor those nutrients, essential nutrients. They, mushrooms, the only thing that they can't produce for themselves is carbohydrates and sugar, mm-hmm. but plants can. So they connect to these plants through their hyphae, these little tendrils, and they send or they barter essential nutrients in exchange for carbohydrates and sugar. So oh. it seems like an automatic response thing, right? Yeah. Like it's just automatic. That's going to happen. No. Mushrooms <laughs> will withhold essential nutrients if the plant doesn't give them sugar. <gasps> they literally keep a stock of essential nutrients and the plants keep a stock of sugar and they give exact measurements of each one. So one of them will not give more than the other one gets. Oh, that's so cool. Isn't that insane? Yeah. I was like, these are literally sentient beings. Like we yeah. are not the smartest things on the planet. Like we're, we're not. Um, that's so and then, cool. so then I was like, they have they literally have a whole ass stock market beneath our feet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, reading that, I, I, again, I was like mind blown. Like I was mind blown about the terraforming, mm-hmm. you know, because that's, that's insane to me that they're literally architects of earth. You could, you could say that 
And um, then they have an economy. Okay, so mushrooms are architects. <laughs> mushrooms are <laughs> economists. Yeah. <laughs> financing down there between <laughs> stock market nutrients. brokers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they, um, you know, they help decompose dead things, which I think is so like they just do everything. Yeah. You know. Um, <clears throat> so reading that. And then um, reading about Paul, that whole thing. So that made me go back to Star Trek. And I was like, okay, what else have they taken from scientists and reality to put in this show? Mm -hmm. Warp drive. You're going to freak out because. Oh, God. I read that. Tell me. (laughs) So you know what warp drive is. They actually, I think they use it in Star Wars, too. Like, well, in Star Wars, it's called hyperdrive. Okay. Hyperdrive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they they travel faster than the speed of light, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's basic information. Everybody should know that. If you don't, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, so that was formed from an actual scientist called, let me get the name right, because if I don't, it's going to sound stupid. Alcubarer is or Barrier was the scientist's name uh, who created warp drive. And it was actually in response to Albert Einstein's issue with the speed of light and how we could never go faster than it or something mm-hmm. like that. And this guy, Alcubarrier, was like, absolutely not, Albert. I have the <laughs> answer right here. So it's all theory. Remember how we went over this? Like, oh, this is theoretical. It's not yeah. really real, you know? Yeah. But NASA is working on this right now. And it says that warp drive could be a reality in the next 50 years. What? I spit out my wait, water. Wait, wait, wait. But they haven't even figured out. I mean, have wait, I don't know, actually. Have they figured out how to travel even at the speed of light? No, because they're stupid. Okay, but so then no. how are they how are they how are they skipping that and they going have- past the speed of light? So that made me think, okay, we're going to have to do another podcast on this because we're going to have to go through all the conspiracies that NASA is withholding. It's not Area 51 anymore, people. It's NASA themselves. They have information that they're not sharing. Okay. So then I I know they aren't they like underfunded. That's what they want you to. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, I don't know. Okay. But I was like, holy crap. Like, imagine if we could have warp drive. In the next 50 years, that's in our lifetime. I'm going to be old as shit, but I'm going to be excited to watch, you know? <laughs> you won't be that old. You'll be yeah, we'll 70. Be like 75. That's not that, that old. That's so People old. get older than that. <laughs> well, if we take the lion's mane supplements, we won't be that old in our minds. Exactly. <laughs> For so sure. We'll be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you have spore drive. That's kind of outlandish. But it is on the basis of what's happening right now beneath us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, warp drive, which is like actually legitimately being tested right now by NASA. Whoa. So, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, so I, like I said, I was completely mind blown when I was reading all of this. And now it makes me want to like aggressively watch all of Star Trek again, just so I can, you know, make sense of every technology piece of technology that they have uh, on that show and see if it's like actually real. Because at this point, everything that they're telling me on there is real, you know? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. 
Oh boy. We should do, <laughs> we should make this a like little series, just like going through different Star Trek episodes and explaining how, how everything is real. <laughs> I would love that because then it's going to like make you watch it. Like you're going to yeah. have to watch certain episodes. Do I have to watch like it from the beginning? Um, I mean, I would like, like a really you to. old show. Yeah. No, on for a long time. The old show is kind of like blah. But the, so then what do I watch? I would watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine or Star Trek The Next Generation. Those are so far my favorite ones. Those and are, the, are those like the most recent ones or are the, like when were those? That, oh, The Next Generation. I think you've probably seen this one. It's with Patrick Stewart, the bald guy. Mm-hmm. As the well, captain. that's a movie, right? Yeah, they also have a movie, but they have oh, a whole a show too? TV show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. That one I really love because um, for those of you who are listening, Julia knows this, I'm majoring in psychology. I'm in classes right now, but I'm hoping to become, you know, a mental health counselor after that. In The Next Generation, they have this woman, uh, literally blinking, oh, Deanna, who is, uh, her species is called Betazoid, mm-hmm. and she's an empath who can uh you know understand what you're feeling she's the ship's counselor like she's a literal like therapist on on the ship yeah and it's like her superpower is empathy so she can tell when people are feeling off she can help them you know you know give them therapy and things like that I absolutely love that so I was like I'm gonna be Deanna in real life (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but that's why I like the next generation because it has like more so not just space stuff it's it's not as boring as you think it is it's actually very like captivating it's fantastical almost like star wars Mm -hmm. there's different um antagonists that come along and it has like i said a a good dose of drama thriller action uh romance everything like that yeah okay it's a really good watch I'll have to start watching it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sound so sad. There's just so many things to watch. Uh. <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, to be fair, I did watch all of Star Wars for, I mean, obviously not for your benefit because you didn't know I was watching them. Yeah. But, but for Sam, because my boyfriend Sam is like you guys. He loves Star Wars, specifically uh, Boba Fett, like the everything like that. Just he lo- D- my, David, my fiance, loves Boba Fett too. What is it about <laughs> Boba Fett? He's awesome. What do you mean? <laughs> what is it about? What no, I'm mean? I'm realizing this. I just started watching uh, the book. Boba, yeah, the the Boba new Fett? show on Disney Plus. Yes, he's and... a badass. Yeah, it's he's it's badass. a good watch. But do you um, remember him from the um, original movies? Yeah, barely so, had any words. <laughs> so what I got from the movies was Boba Fett was this uh, bounty hunter and they cloned him for the Clone Wars. Yeah. But they genetically well, modified him. No, so they so it was really his father. He's a clone of his father, Jango Fett. Oh, Boba yeah. Fett. Oh, I so thought he it was Jango a clone. Okay. Jango Fett is the original and then they cloned him. Yeah, we should probably Makes... cut this part out. <laughs> no, we're not. We're going to no? keep this part in. Yeah, we are? Because... Okay. Yes, because now, uh, you know, our listeners, <laughs> people who are still listening to this, yeah. um, they can keep our tabs on us to see if Julie watches Star Trek. That's the most important part. Okay. And then 
uh, you know, we'll, I'll we'll teach you mentioning more. Star we Wars. Do, I could there. do a st- I could do a pop culture episode about Star Wars. How about that? I would love that. You can educate me on Star Wars because I okay. only remember one film like very well, and that's the one with Anakin and Padme, just because I love them. Oh, like I don't. God, are you kidding me? It's so right toxic, now? but I love it. So you are <laughs> awful. Those are the worst. No. Honestly, no. okay. <laughs> some of them are. Some of it's not bad, but like just no like you, uh, you need you need to like four five and six those are the that's well the, that's what sam said he was like ones. you literally just like them because of the romance because i i yeah. love romance films so i'm like obviously like why else would i watch this like yeah so also r2t2 i love r2t2 yeah me too so <laughs> yeah but uh i hope you like this episode and all of the facts about mushrooms and how reality or fiction is actually reality uh, in the Star Trek universe. Yes. If you have any questions, comments, or anything that you want to say or suggest, you can send us an email at thewitching.podcast at gmail.com. So join us next Monday for the next episode. Focus